Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Oh, we've got two warnings for you for this episode. One is a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the... Vanishing on 7th Street, we're going to spoil it for you in the second half of this pod. The other warning is a spooky warning, or oh, a bit spooky. Anyway, enjoy the show. Peace. I hate the word. I don't, I don't trust the I got one leg and a bucket of chicken. Hello and welcome to Mish and Zach's Leguizama Rama, a podcast and ego-driven project where two people watch every single thing starring the greatest character actor of all time, Mr. John Leguizamo. My name is Zachary Ruane, who you may know from... Um... Uh, being on every podcast in Australia this this last month to promote yep. Misha's Netflix show. Thank you for that. I'm joined, as always, by my dear friend, co-host, and rock. You're my rock, Mish. Oh, it's Zach. Mish Witchrup, who you may know from... Uh, being Zach's rock, apparently, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that mm-hmm. was, that's nice. If, um, if I'm your rock, Zach, you are my water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I think. No worries. Uh, anytime. But I'm also known for, um, I don't know, being a bit of a scaredy cat, except uh, not at all. I don't know why I said that. I, I have a very, um, positive relationship with scary movies. Both of our partners, I think that's a great thing to open. We watched a scary movie this week and both of our partners, uh, don't like scary movies. Hate them. Your partner, I think hates, hates, hates them. My partner does, it feels neither here nor there for them. And then about halfway through is like, oh, well, see, I think, um, For me, let's launch straight into story time with Mish. Love this Um, shit. So when I was younger, so like 13, 14 years old, Mm -hmm. a very, very good friend of mine named Laura, uh, she kind of every second weekend had to babysit her younger brother who was like seven while her parents like went clubbing. It was a very interesting dynamic. Her parents would go clubbing and Laura would have to babysit her younger brother. Wow. Um, And when she would babysit, her parents would be like, oh, you can invite your friends over for a sleepover. So at like 13, 14 years old, 
myself and a couple of our other friends would always go to Laura's house like once a month, twice a month maybe, and we would walk to Video Easy in Templestowe. There wasn't a Blockbuster. Believe believe you me, we would have walked to Blockbuster. But we would walk to Video Easy in Templestowe and we would rent five weeklies for $10 yeah, wow. and we would watch some of those movies. And we got really hooked on scary movies. And this is, like I said, from about 13 years old. And we watched some of the most grotesque shit I don't know why the fucking 17-year-old boy working video easy let us rent these movies, but we would rent, like, scary-ass horror films. So I think it made me immune. Mm. Like, so now I don't really get that scared. Although, no, that's not true. I do get scared, but I embrace the fear. Yeah, it's a nice feeling. Do you it's know a I really read, nice fear. I watched something, read something once, or watched something once that said it's, it's to do with natural... Dopamine levels, I think. Yeah. Uh, people with naturally high dopamine or a, or a good dopamine release sort of system don't ten, tend not to like thrill rides, tend not to like bungee jumping, tend not like to like scary movies because they've already got a natural enough level of dopamine. But people mm. with low dopamine um, tend to really like it because they like the feeling, you know, when you get scared, when you activate yeah. that flight or f- fight or flight it's a it's a good feeling because you're getting a good amount. You're getting to a, like a na- a good mm. level of dopamine. Which I think um, is if I when fact. I was dating, uh, if someone had said to me, "I've got really low dopamine, baby," that would have made me hard. Yeah, yeah, that because that means that means they go on roller coasters with you. Yeah, although I don't like thrill rides because of my sensitive tum. Mm. Like it has nothing to do with my dopamine levels, but my tum gets a little bit flip floppy mm-hmm. when on a thrill ride. But mm. I do love a I love a scary like a scary haunted house situation. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I feel um, yeah. What I hate though, what I hate is the like walking around the corner and someone jumping out and going boo. Ha ha ha. I hate that. I just think that's rude. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm a fan <laughs> of that. I did that um there's a there's a haunted house walk through at um at Universal Studios. So so during yeah. Halloween, um, both Knott's Berry Farm and Universal Studios do like a month of horror nights where in, in the evening they set up all these mazes. Knott's mm. Berry Farm has been doing it for years. It's a theme park in California. They've been doing it for years and they're all like different themes and they bring them back and then Universal's like, we're going to do that but with your favourite horror movies. So fuck yeah. you, Knott's. And everyone was like, at Knott's was like, oh. Um, so they do it, but year round there's one as well. And that's the, uh, walking dead attraction. Mm. And I remember I went to universal. I think it was me, Mark and the singer Montaigne. Do you know Montaigne? I guess I know. Montaigne Montaigne followed me on Instagram like a year ago and I cried. It was very, (laughs) I was so uncool about it. So Montaigne obviously is mates with auntie Donna and Montaigne followed me on Instagram. And rather than just being like, oh yeah, cool. Like Montaigne wants to like, you know, just, you know, she's, I'm pretty sure Montaigne follows like four, four or 5,000 people. Maybe. I don't know. But um, I just like sent Montaigne a DM that was just like, oh my God, I love you so much. Your last album was like the best thing I've ever listened to. It was my number one listened to album in 2018. And I absolutely love you. And she just wrote back, haha, thanks. <laughs> I can't tell you how and many. I was like, ha- oh no. I can't tell you how many haha thanks I've sent in the yeah. last month. So that's breaking me. That's worrying me very, so much. I was very uncool about it. That's, that's not enough. I think I'm really 
worried. I'm going to go through and um, add a bit to my ha ha thanks. Um, <laughs> but no, so we went to Universal, and I think I think we'd already been to Disneyland. It's a bit of a weird sort of tradition that like we've always tended to be in LA at the same time she's in LA working on stuff. So I think at that point I, I knew her quite well. But it's still like, you know, it's still like Mark knows me very, very well. But uh, like Montaigne, like I know sort of around the place and and not well enough to have gone through this maze with her. And just I, I just was like, I wasn't screaming and I wasn't like spooked. I was just literally just like. Fuck off! Fuck off! Fuck off! No! No! You fuck off! It's no! That's not okay! That's so good. It's like, and there's kids in this maze. Like, it's a bit spooky. There's like Tina. And I was just like relentlessly swearing at the zombies that were jumping out at me. I was just like, fuck you! Fuck you! Maybe that's why you like that stuff so much is it's just all this pent-up rage. Yeah. And you're actually just screaming fuck you at your drama lecturers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Look, as much as I joke about them, my drama lecturers are fine. Um, (laughs) That's what I say now, but get me in a haunted castle with some monsters. Yeah. And uh, I let it all out. No, but it's not as fear. It's just that's my that's my fright response. Apparently, is just swearing at the things. Yeah. Well, see, I actually still find myself like if we're looking at movies in scary movies, covering my eyes and blocking my ears. Still, mm. um, I still do that, but I still enjoy the film. And I think that what I find really interesting about people who don't like scary movies, a lot of them are like, oh, um, it gives me nightmares. And it's like, yeah, same. I've got nightmares too, but then I wake up and I'm like, oh, that was a funny dream. Yeah. And then I and then I live my life. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I get like nightmares are scary, but then you wake up and you're in your body again yeah. and you're like, oh, get a body. This this is real life. I'm going to go down the shops and get a coffee and pay my electricity bill and rem- and remember that zombies aren't real and weren't chasing me last night through my grandmother's old house, people like they like, did in my nightmare. It's not real. About zombies are kind of the like nightmare equivalent of girlfriends that get mad at their boyfriends for cheating on them in dreams. You know that yeah. cliche, that idea yeah. of like, um, oh no, I'm spooked now because I imagined the zombies in my dreams. I do have a reoccurring nightmare. Would you like to hear it? Would love to. Cool. So I've had this reoccurring nightmare since I was in my teens. And I would say I have it maybe once a year and continue to have the dream. And it's always, there's always slight adjustments, but the main body of it is the same. Have you ever seen Drop Dead Fred? Uh, like, I don't know. I would say no, but I, I, there's a part of me that thinks I saw it many, many years ago. Like Princess Bride, I couldn't tell you the plot, but I'm sure I've seen it many times just when Fair. before I was, you know what I mean? So I'm going to go with no. Okay. Well, there's a scene in Drop, you don't need to know the movie. It's of Phoebe Drop Cates, Dead. isn't it? Yes, and Mail or Mile, I never know how to pronounce his yeah, name. What a great film. What a, what a Amazing. Great it's film. such, it is such a good film. And it was one of my favourites as a kid. Um, one of the movies we would rent um, as a family with the five weeklies for $10 Ooh, from Blockbuster Video in Sandy Bay and Hobart. Oh, anyway, yeah, so when Blockbuster opened in Sandy Bay, bitch, it went off. Anyway, um, there's a scene in Drop Dead Fred where Phoebe Katz's character goes into like a dream state and um, 
they're in this really creepy house, like this old house and, um, uh, Drop Dead Fred is there and stuff. Anyway, it's this house. So anyone who has seen Drop Dead Fred, they know what I'm talking about. Right at the end, creepy state into this house. Um, I'm in that house in this nightmare and I'm running away from somebody with an axe. Now, I never see who the person is with an axe, but I know that they have an axe and they're trying to kill me. And I'm running through this house. And often the the thing that is changeable in this nightmare is who I'm with. And it's usually a very good friend. You know and have we're I running been, away have together. I been in that horror house with you? I don't think so. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. My dreams, the dreams I have about you, Zach, are, are sexy dreams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no. uh, 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 uh. But then my friend and I were running through this house trying to get away, and then I lose my friend. Like my friend gets lost and presumably killed. Then I go and hide under a bed every time. Mm. Then I get pulled out by my ankles. And I wake up. That is my reoccurring nightmare. Oh my goodness. Mm. That's quite the nightmare. Yeah. I um fun fact the more creative work I'm doing, the less creative my nightmares are. Does that make sense? So if I yes. so I'm about to take about a six week break from Donna and, and potentially we'll bank a few of these and we might take a break as well. So there's probably going to be a period of time where I'm not doing creative stuff, right? In that period of time, I'm going to probably have, based on my experience, creative dreams, interesting dreams, like Lynchian, horror, scary. You, would have, you fucking would have David Lynch. Everyone dreams. has David Lynch. Here's a secret. Lynch isn't that. He's just doing his dreams. He just has a dream <laughs> and then he puts it on the screen. Everyone's dreams. Like, but I have these, so I have really interesting creative dreams when I'm not being creative. When I am being creative, which now is most of the time mm. because I'm letting that creativity out. Yeah. My dreams are really, 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 really boring. There'll be things like my idea of a nightmare is like, yeah. oh, I forgot to send that email. And then I'll wake up, I'll be like, oh, that Mate. email doesn't exist. These other Mate. 40 do, but that particular one doesn't. It is crazy to me that you say that because we've never talked about this together. We're the same we person. Have, oh, but, here's the twist. You do yeah, that Yeah, here's too. the big fucking twist. <laughs> no, truthfully, like I know that you and I are very similar and we've discussed that in the pod before, but... My dreams, generally speaking, are very boring. Mm. It's a lot of going out for coffees. Yeah. Like a lot of going out for coffees, a lot of getting onto trams to go to work. Yeah. Those kind of dreams. Um, But speaking about not being creative, should we launch into Vanishing (laughs) on 7th Street? Do you like what I did there? (laughs) Poor film. I'm not going to be that harsh on this film. No, no, I'm not either. I'm not either. It was just a funny. I was just doing a funny. Okay? I was just doing a bit of a funny. I would um, love to talk about the movie. I love that you've launched into it. Do you know what I really want to talk about? What's that, um, We'll just line this up. We'll talk about the movie. But the movies that we were in, the, that we wanted to watch while we were watching this movie. Oh, that's good because so many. Because what were the movies that made you, like, as you were watching this film... Do the, do the intro. Let's do the blur. And then I'll, I'll, I'll talk through it. I'll talk through it. Okay, so idea. this week Zach and I watched a movie called Vanishing on 7th Street. Um, and if you couldn't guess from our amazing spoiler warning and also our little light chit-chat at the start, this is a spooky film. Oh. 
Um, it's uh, marketed as being a thriller slash horror, but for the purposes of the blurb, I called it a thriller because this isn't a horror. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there. All right, so this is my very, very creative blurb. <laughs> okay, so uh, Vanishing on 7th Street is a 2010 thriller directed by Brad Anderson, who directed The Machinist in 2004, but also directed a Halle Berry movie called The Call in 2013, which I watched in lockdown and it is not very good. The film begins with a power outage in Detroit. When the lights come back on only moments later, everyone has disappeared, leaving only their clothes behind them. This super scary power outage has left only four survivors, John Leguizamo, Tandy Newton, Jacob Lattimore, and Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Hayden Christensen, who spends the first half of this movie screaming at a 13-year-old boy. The four survivors hold up in a bar that runs off a generator and plays really cool music that was difficult to Shazam because of all the screaming. It becomes apparent that the four have survived because they all had some kind of light on them, like a flashlight or a glow stick. Yep, that's right. You can't make this shit up. Together they try and battle the darkness with their glow sticks and their panic. The Legs plays Paul, a projectionist in a Detroit theatre with a flashlight on his head who gets a concussion and is momentarily taken by the darkness, but then his head flashlight works again and the darkness leaves him alone until it doesn't. That's my blurb. I loved that blurb. Thank you. Um, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, the thing with this film is yeah. I watched the trailer with my partner and I was like, oh, do you want to watch this with me? And keeping in mind, of course, he doesn't like horror films. And he watched the trailer and then he got to the end. He's like, nah, that does look a bit like nightmare inducing, bit scary. And I watched it. I'm like, fuck yeah, this looks like a scary film. I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking ready for it because as already addressed in this podcast, I love me a horror, love mm. me a scary movie. Um, the thing that with this film, and I'm not going to shit on it completely, I'm really not, is that it had potential. Like the the mm. actual the actual like storyline, the subject matter, I suppose, had amazing potential. And the first five minutes of this film, which is all legs, by the way, all legs. like the first the four, first five minutes is all legs, and legs is throughout at least the first three quarters of this film, because then, spoiler alert, the darkness gets him and he dies. We assume, I don't know. Um, The first five minutes is great. I was like, oh, yeah, I can get on board with this. It's not going to be the best movie I've ever seen, but this is going to hold. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I was in that first five minutes. I was like, because I'd seen that it hadn't had great reviews, but I was like, Mm. hey, yeah. And I was like, and fully Saturday night, I was like, this is exactly what I'm in the mood for. This is exactly why I do this podcast. Yeah. It's about watching those mid-budget, fine, solid genre films. Yes. Yeah, let's fucking 100%. get into this. Piss easy Saturday night viewing. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, great, I'm going to get into this. This is going to be great. And also, with the first five minutes being purely John Leguizamo, I was like, I'm so excited to see John do a horror. I'm so excited for this role that he's playing. He's clearly going to be a survivor of this this power outage. But then it's like it's like the writer went, I've got this great concept for mm-hmm. a film, mm-hmm. but then had no idea how to create a story based around the concept mm-hmm. and then created 
not even really a story, just like a weird, blurry conversation between some people who were panicking. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it is set in a building with lights. So basically that, like, I think you sort of got to the whole point, but basically the, the notion is that if you aren't, if you don't have light on you, you go missing, you go away, yes. but your clothes stay and your fake teeth stay. You yes. go away and then, um, yeah. And, and every creature on the, so it doesn't matter what kind of animal it hits, this darkness, it will disappear unless you're a police horse at the end mm. that just lived. But, yeah, you have to have some sort of light because the darkness that seems to be, like, making these people disappear is scared of light. So as it's closing in on you, if you manage to turn on the light in the room, it'll go away, but then it will still kind of lurk around waiting for the lights to go out. It's one of those films where I think you hit the nail on the head is that, like, and I love a film like this where it's like, Where it's a really great high concept first five, ten minutes. The elevator pitch is the first five minutes. Yes, Imagine exactly. this. And then so often films like this, because I think that's what it is. It's like, imagine this. And then they go, and then they finally get the movie. Someone's like, yeah, I'll give you some money to make that. And then they're like, all right, I've got to do another 80 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, it's like it's like some guy straight out of film school had this concept brewing in his head since he was seventeen, and he was so impressed with it, and he was like, "This is the best fucking film ever." And then he went through film school and he kept it to himself. He's like, "Because this concept's great." And then when he pitched it, they were like, "Yep, hundred percent. We're going to throw a couple of mil at this film, and you can make it." And he's like, "Oh shit." I have nothing but a concept. I didn't pay attention in film school because I knew I had this concept and now I don't know how to make a movie. It's, um, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's very like, it made me realise that high concept horror, right, mm. is like a race to the end for the, how, how long can you go? It's not even a race. It's like how long can you keep the plate spinning before mm. your high concept all falls apart? And if you can make it to the third act, you've mm-hmm. got a classic film. If you can make it to the third act before it all falls apart, like, um, yeah. then you're good. But if you only get five, 10, 20 minutes in, then it doesn't mm-hmm. work. And that's like, like, like I think of films like it follows. Have you seen it follows? Yes. Great example of an awesome idea kind of falls apart in the last act. It becomes a little mm. too uh, uh, temporal or like a bit too of a real thing. And the whole the whole threat of that film is like it's existential. You never get rid of it. And then in the third act, they're like throwing blankets on it and shit. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. But who cares? Yeah. We've got two thirds in. We love this movie. Well, I think um, what's the one that... Uh, one I mentioned, 28 Days Later, similar. Like you I've get not like, seen that. Right, great opening, like one of the most. It's less powerful now that we have seen empty mm. city streets, but that opening was very impressive before COVID. You get like two-thirds in and then it kind of gets a bit like bleh, But you're two-thirds in, great, let's give it the tick. Yeah. This movie didn't make it far enough. To get the tick. And I don't want to be too harsh on it because I, I'm trying to be positive on this podcast. When I say it didn't get far enough, it, it got about 10 minutes in before yes. I got bored. Yeah. I don't think, like, I was about to say, I don't think we're shitting on this film. We are a bit. But <laughs> <laughs> we kind of are. Like, I'm not going to take away from the fact that the concept wasn't great. That It, it was. 
and that John Leguizamo was great. It was great. John was great. Yeah. John was great. Um, that little that little girl who had a solar-powered flashlight at the end who rocks up, great. Loved her. How Loved come, that. The horse. How come, Mish, I don't want to do this, but how come, how, how, how come she's the only... So, I know. How come? So she has a solar-powered torch. Yeah. So at the end of the film, the only person who lives is this boy whose mum and dad own that bar that they all hold up in, right? Yeah. And he runs to a church. So it has these, like, weird religious, like, God will save you moments as well. Runs to a church and is saved by candlelight because someone, even though everyone's disappeared, has lit candles. Yeah. So he goes and lies down amongst these candles and he's the only one to survive out of these four. And then when he wakes up, because he somehow manages to fall asleep during all of this, he wakes up and there's a little girl there who is still alive. And she, he was like, how are you still alive? And she was like, she holds her flashlight, which is like some kid's toy, essentially. It's like a pink plastic flashlight with a solar panel on it. She's like, as long as there's daylight, I'll live because of my solar panel torch. Why did a seven-year-old girl, why is she the only one with a solar panel torch? It's like the, the implication with that ending it's like there's a note there, to, but the implication in the ending is like these kids are going to be okay because one of them has a solar panel torch. And it's yeah. like, uh, are we, uh, what? Surely there's like at least 200 other people in this city alone with solar powered torches. You would think. Like you would think. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. Also, it's- I don't want to dig too deep. It's one of those ideas where it's like, oh, man, the darkness gets you, then you're gone. Great idea. Mm. But, like, how much, like, there's a bit in it where, like, um, uh, Anakin Skywalker dies and, like, spoiler, oh, spoiler, give him the spoiler. I've already said all of them die except for the yeah. little boy. So Anakin Skywalker dies. And I'm like, there is, like, enough splashback light. Like, what's the term when mm. there's, like, like, he's lit by yeah, the candles. He's, he's not near the candles. If, a, if, if fucking, what's her name? Tandy? What's her name? Yeah, t- Tandy. Tandy. If Tandy is kept alive by a glow stick, <laughs> there's yeah. like an exit sign will surely keep somebody alive. So it's like, it, like at what point does the, how dark does it have to be? Yeah. Also, these monsters are the same little little two-dimensional shadow monsters from the end of Ghost. Is this movie a sequel to Ghost? <laughs> what a plot twist. It's actually it's actually Patrick Swayze. <laughs> it's Patrick Swayze at the end of Ghost. Oh my goodness. Just wanting to fuck up Anakin Skywalker. But also, this is a genuine question. Mm-hmm. So, um Tandy is kept alive because she works at a hospital and she has a little medical torch. Mm -hmm. And she obviously had it on when the darkness hit and she didn't, no one else had their torches on, Mm. but she did. So she's alive. John Leguizamo lives because he has a head flashlight on. Again, the only person in Detroit with a head flashlight on, so he stays alive. 
the little boy at the bar, whose name I've forgotten, he stays alive because the bar is run by a generator. No one else was in that bar except this 13-year-old boy. Why is Anakin Skywalker alive? He wakes up in a hotel. Maybe the lights apartment. were on because he was like, was he doing fucks? No, but then who, who was he fucking? Maybe she went to the toilet and the light. Why was the light in his fuck room on, but the bathroom lights went off? I don't I'd know. like to think how funny it would be if he was doing a fuck and then the darkness hit and there was this thing and then he wakes up and he's, not, he's, he's fucking himself. Yeah. Mm. But that again, really... is he the only person doing a fuck in Detroit at that point? I'm willing to bet right now. How many people do you think right now? So it is 4.42 this is like on a Sunday. Natalie, but less romantic. Mm. It's 4.42 on a Sunday mm-hmm. in Melbourne. How many people right now in Detroit are doing a fuck? What right now time in, is Detroit. It in Detroit. So um, I'll look up what time it is in Detroit. Uh-huh. Time in Detroit. It's 12.43 a.m. on a Saturday night. Yeah, there's tons of fucks going on. So many fucks not, are going not, on. Not the lovely kind of fuck, the gross kind of fuck. You think people are doing gross fucks in Detroit? 12.43 12.43. You can have a lovely fuck at 12.43. If you went to the opera with your partner, mm-hmm. you went for a nice Italian meal, mm-hmm. then you went to the opera, then you went for a walk, and you're like, it's Christmas time sort of. So it's yeah, like no, when you saw some lights. You get home, you have a cup of tea on your – you wouldn't be having it on the porch because it's probably cold in Detroit. You have a cup of tea and a chat about the opera and the meal. They don't really and drink also tea like, in America, probably like maybe a decaf. A decaf, they're having a decaf on a couch, they're talking about the opera, but at the same time also like playing with like nipples or something, like they're getting a bit mm-hmm, like whatever. Mm-hmm. By the time it gets to 12.43 at night, you're having a lovely fuck. Yeah. See, what? <laughs> that's really nice. So you're talking about the latest of the lovely fucks. Yes. What I'm thinking is happening uh, like more than that is the earliest of the gross fucks. Do you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. Like most oh, of the yeah. gross fucks happen at like between 2 and 4 a.m., I think. But, yeah. but but I think the grossest of the gross fucks are the yeah. earliest gross fucks because if, if it's like because it's the people that got drunk that quickly or it's the people that are like um, so horn dog they're like, I'm going to just stop. I'm going to fuck now. Yeah, like let's go. Let's drop it. all yeah. our friends. Like, yeah. you know, we've been out for drinks. I have like a friend here that I was meant to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And rather than you and you, your party joining my party and we bar hop together. Yeah. Um, we like, we're going to leave our friends and yeah. go do fucks. And, and, and that's going to be the grossest of the gross fucks. What you're also not taking into consideration though, is say parents mm. that have put their kids to bed They've gone to bed themselves at 10 o'clock but have woken up a couple of hours later a bit horny going, well, this is when we can fuck because mm-hmm, mm. our kids are in bed. I so, have no doubt that there's some late lovely fucks. Yeah. But I think the bulk of the lovely fucks are happening between 11 and 12. I think you're talking the la- latter end of the lovely fucks. Okay, yeah. Uh, and there's this at the moment at, at nearly 1 a.m. There's a boom of gross fucks. This is the early. Also, I just want to say. That there's nothing gross about having a gross fuck. We're just calling them gross fucks. They are gross, though. Yeah, they're gross, but go for it. Like, <laughs> I mean, we're both two people that have been in our 20s. We've done the gross fucks. Yeah, we've been there. Not, not you and me. We not, No, wait, hold on. For clarity, Mish and <laughs> I have cl- not gross fucked or lovely fucked lovely or any fucked. fuck. Zach and I have done no fuck. There we've is, done like, no fuck. No fuck. 
But and I'd, have... I'd be willing to bet if the if if in some sort of weird alternate reality where Zach and I do do a fuck, it probably wouldn't be gross or lovely. It would be a very strange neutral fuck. Yeah, it would be like a. Yeah, oh, really? You know, it would be one of those ones where both of us would be like, I'd. We, yeah. Yeah, neither of us, like, we'd both just be like, oh, no. And then there'd be a lot of talk about it and we would just, and then we'd be really uncomfortable and then we would never podcast together again. Yeah. I don't think that's true. We'd get over it. We'd have a big chat about why we both feel uncomfortable and then we'd get to a point where we're like, oh, it's because we had that weird neutral fuck. It would be, and be like, we oh, wouldn't okay. talk for two weeks and then one of us, probably you would send the, the message being like, I think we need to talk about that. But and the then, message would be, more, no, the first message I would send, it would be me. And it would be, have you seen this movie? Or, oh, yeah. oh my God. Have you been to this new cafe in insert place? And I'd here? be like, oh, thank God. I haven't lost my friend because of that weird neutral fuck. Yeah. But we haven't happen. fucked and we wouldn't fuck. We're, we're too similar. It would be like, you know, it would be. It'd be weird. It'd be weird. It'd be like masturbation. Yeah. And, and also um, I'm very, very, very good friends with your partner. Yes, and likewise. You, and you have, I, I, I'm, new, new, I'm like newly friends because you're in a newer relationship. But you would feel bad. And I did call him a pussy for not watching, <laughs> for not watching Zach, the horror on, movie. On loudspeaker with my partner in the room, I said to Zach, oh, no, um, my partner's not interested in watching Vanishing on 7th Street because he reckons it looks too scary. And then Zach said, well, it sounds like you have a pussy partner. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice little icebreaker for you and my partner, Zach. But anyway, oh, I'm no. I'm so sorry. It's fine. All we're saying is that in Detroit right now, there are you a lot of people Tell him I doing... was being ironic, by the way. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't care. I know, but do fine. tell him I was being ironic. I, I really don't believe in, like... He listens you know, to the podcast. He's hearing it right now. I'm, I was being ironic, man. <laughs> I just... I don't care. Live your life. Um, well, so have you I, met Zach's I, partner? She's a pussy too. I, you know, <laughs> I I have long hair. I drink strawberry milk. I don't believe in these notions that uh, anything is tied to anything. If you don't care for horror movies, that's your choice. It's I don't choice. mind. And um, I don't think you're a pussy. But it what is I want funny to Zach- accuse someone's new partner on loudspeaker. I knew I was on loudspeaker. It's yeah. a very funny thing to do to when you're still building that relationship to call them a pussy for not wanting yeah. to watch a scary movie. <laughs> so, it's it so was very uncool. funny. It's I so- really enjoyed it. What I really want, Zach, before we move on is uh, a number from you. So right now, no, in 2018, there were 672,662 people in Detroit. So let's just let's just round it down. Um, no, no, we'll round it up because the popular we keep the population keeps booming. Um, so we'll say that there's seven hundred thousand people in Detroit right now. How many are having a fuck? How many people did you say? Seven hundred thousand. Um, so we, are we including are we including masturbation? No, no. So this is two people, at least two people having a fuck. All right. So how many people? So, like, we've got to instantly eliminate anyone who's under the age of 18. So so how many people are there? 600,000? Not suggesting that there aren't people who are having sex under the age of 18 legally, but we're just saying for the purposes of this, we're saying anyone under the age of 18 is eliminated. Uh, right? I, I mean, you know, there are a few gross fucks in that age, but I almost just don't want to think about that. No, they're in bed on a Saturday night. They're not fucking. We're just going to say for the purposes of this. Yeah, we're not counting Detroit, gross over-the-clothes stuff. 
No. <laughs> We're not counting no, over the clothes. There's no stuff. gross dry sex. <laughs> We're not talking about gross over the jeans do you remember, stuff. Do you remember when there would be that period of time in your life at a oh, certain yeah. age where you had dry sex? And you, like, I don't know if you did this, but with me and my, my girlfriends, we would be like, oh, no, nah, we didn't have sex, but we did dry. <laughs> you called it dry? Ugh. We called it dry. Yeah. What makes me upset most about that is that, that that means sex is wet. In that dichotomy, that means... Did you do dry or did you well, do wet? Well, like, bloody take it from me. It's better if I don't. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, anyway. Okay, so we're not counting over the clothes stuff. We're not counting no. finger bangs. So yeah. based on that, it's 600,000 people roughly? 700,000. 700,000 people. Um, although Detroit's population is declining, I believe. Well, we're just, for the purposes of this, we're saying 700,000. Right, so for the purpose of this... So 31.1% of them are under 18. So let's yeah. let's minus that, okay? Let me just grab a calculator and, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to work that out while you kind of fill right. with some fun. Sure. So while Zach's figuring out that figure, we've got to figure out now like an older age bracket. Are we going to say that anyone over the age of 80 isn't doing a fuck? Just like, yes, I'm sure that there are but we're eliminating anyone under the age of 18. And I'd like to think that anyone over the age of 80 might not be doing a gross fuck. They're probably doing like okay. a, yeah. No, sorry, what were you saying? Over the age of, of 80. Uh, well, we've got a 65 or older here. We've got a 65 or older and that's 10%. I'm looking at the numbers here. I reckon cut that in half. For the purposes of... Yeah, People that okay. could be even considered to be having sex. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a great way mm. to think about this. So yeah. 48,200 to 30, we'll mm. cut that in half. So that's okay. divided by two. Yep. Um, so divided by 10, there we go. Divided by two. So the only people I love that we put a spoiler warning at the start of this and a warning that this is going to be a spooky episode. <laughs> well, we try to work out how many people in Detroit are fucking. And I all, am also just going to completely discount COVID in this because I can't oh, be bothered. Of, of course. And also because most Americans are. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of There's probably a good it portion well. of Detroit that are discounting it as hey, well. Hey, just make and sure if you when having... you go to that pump and club, wear a mask. <laughs> make sure, make sure that well, you don't go home with anyone for a gross fuck that hasn't been wearing their mask. Oh, oh my God. Hey, just before we fuck, I want you to know that I did a COVID test six months ago, so <laughs> I'm in the clear. Sorry, America. Don't get mad at me. <sighs> All right, so... Um, here we go, 24. So we've got 24,000 in contention for fucks. Okay, um, so we have 24,000. That's it? No, no, that's of the over 65. Okay, right, So cool. then we've also got, um, here's what I'm going to say, 9.7 are between 18 and 24. And I think that's the gross fuck age bracket. See, I would, mm, yeah. It's annoying that there isn't like an 18 to 28. Oh, absolutely. I feel you on that. Um, yeah, because there's some mid-20s grossness for sure. Oh, absolutely. But what I think I want to almost uh, – I almost want to just sort of go like what I want to do here, Mish, is I want to take the demographics we've got and then I want to kind of determine 
all right, how many of them are gross fuck, early gross fucking? How many of them are late? Lovely fucking. Yeah. Um, so I reckon that's the best sort of system that we go with. If we, if we sort of just go, on average, you know, 9.7% of the po- percent of the population are 18 I just want to say as well that it's raining currently where I am, and if you can hear the rain, I'm so sorry. That's beautiful. It's very But nice. also that's a bit of ASMR for you. Yeah. Should we continue the rest of this talking about Detroit fucking while you're figuring out the figures at doing it ASMR? Uh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Okay, so I, I'm not entirely comfortable <laughs> talking about fucking in ASMR because I think ASMR already has a bit of a sexual quality and I well, worry I that this is... I think a lot of people who participate in ASMR are, are very, very quick to deny that it has anything to do with sex. So However, furries. Yeah, but so do furries. That's exactly right. And let's be honest... Furries have thought, at the very least, at the very least, there is a group of furries who have said, no, 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 being a furry isn't a sex thing, but for sure they've thought about it. Yeah. They've thought about it. You've, you've taken into consideration that you could fuck a mascot. Isn't it? Look, I'm not even, I can't even be bothered you've got a, talking you about have, furries. Zach, you have the most delicious ASMR voice. I've been told. <laughs> that is, you sound like, um, uh, who was that love song dedication, Richard? We're, we're listening to love song dedications. Uh, and we've got With a Richard Mer- Was it Richard Mercer? I think it was Richard Mercer. You sound like Richard Mercer, Mercer after a fuck. <laughs> We've got a, we've got a request in from Dandenong. Um, Travis <laughs> has requested "My Heart Will Go On." This this song is going out to uh, Mary. Travis says he loves you, and his heart is going on all through his night shift. The best the best ever was when Richard Mercer would get a caller, and he'd be like. Uh, hi, we've got Mary on the line. Mary, uh, it seems here that you have requested Enrique Iglesias' hero. Is that right? And then there's just Mary who's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in, yeah. I love, yeah. Um, I've loved Trent for 14 years and um, he's, uh, he's right now is out at work and he listens to you in the truck. And I just wanted to send that one out to him. And then Richard's like, that's great, Mary. Um, sounds like Trent is a, a lucky guy. And then there's just a long pause. And Mary's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, yeah. he is. No, nah, yeah. he's all right. He's down. He's on a track right now. <laughs> that's great, Mary. Uh, well, yeah. I hope he gets home soon to spend the night with you. Oh, no, he won't, though. He's out for three days. He's out on a three-day job. That's fine, Mary. Well, it looks like he'll be home uh, in three days and that seems like the perfect amount of time to miss each other because uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, you're probably right there, Richard. Like, it's we've gone a long times without seeing each other when he's at work. Um, anyway, I really like Hero. So do I, Mary. Uh, it's been requested 462 times in the last 15 minutes. So <laughs> I think it's time we play some Hero. <laughs> This is a thing that, that young people, I'm really vibing this this level. This is a thing that young people probably don't understand, Mish, is they'll never understand the joys of like late night entertainment. Like yeah. the generation below us, 
There was a time where if you were up at 3am, you watched the DVDs you had or mm. the videos you had. Yeah. You listened to the music you had in your house yeah. or you listened to love song dedications. You mm-hmm. listened to like some person on the radio taking in callers from shift workers or 100%. you watched hot dogs. Hot dogs. No, there are two types of people. There are the people who would on a Saturday night if they didn't have any plans, like they weren't invited to that birthday party or like their parents have made have gone clubbing and you have to babysit your little brother. You either watch Rage mm. or you listen to love song dedications. That's There are two types of people. That's the two types of people right there. I, I don't think I can <laughs> pitch my voice back up or go louder. This is where I'm at now. <laughs> okay, great. Well, have you figured out how many people potentially are doing fucks in Detroit oh, Mish, right now? Mish, I can't express to you how much more process we have to do before we're going to get even close to a number. So, Well, no, that's the perfect thing for a listener to do. Read out the figures and let's see what they come up with. Because sure. I can't be fucked anymore. You got over this? <laughs> I'm, I'm over it to the point where I want to know the number but I don't want to have to figure it out. I don't know if we have enough listeners to do a shout-out to gain anything from... You'd be surprised. Someone drew a picture of a wet tea towel and Steve Buscemi for us. That's true. You would be surprised. I think people will do it. I worry that we don't have people with the right expertise. There's a man on TikTok guessing people's heights at the moment and he seems I've very seen that. good at that. That's so, fucking great. If you are listening, because we got over it, based on our gross fuck theory and our lovely fuck theory, we would love it if there are any listeners with a mathematical background that could work out for us at the time we recorded this at around 1am in Detroit, how many people are fucking. Yeah. If you can find that out for us, let us know. Yeah. DM that number to us. At Mission Zach on Instagram. Mish might share that. I will if give she it a sees shot. It. I will do it if I can. If she gets around. And by if I can, I remember. If Mish remembers, she might post that for you and, mm. and you might get a few followers out of it. So that's pretty cool. And for those of you who are now going, oh, Mission Zach, they love a tangent, they, they're not talking about vanishing on 7th Street. Bitch, Vanishing on 7th Street was set in Detroit. We are on topic. This is as good as you're going to get. It was a movie set in Detroit. One of the main characters didn't vanish because we believe he was doing a fuck. So I don't know what else you could possibly want from Mish Wittrup and Richard Mercer right now. I don't know what you want from me because I am trying to work out... Like Hayden Christensen in Vanishing on Seventh Street. Here's my other issue: they vanished everywhere. Then they went to Seventh Street. Why is it called Vanishing on Seventh Street? Shouldn't yeah. it be called Vanishing Everywhere and then going to Seventh Street? This is the biggest flaw of oh, the film for okay. me. The biggest. Bloody John Leguizamo's head flashlight goes out. Yeah. So he gets taken by the darkness. Yeah. But then it goes back on and the darkness lets, gives him back to, the, to his body or whatever, whatever yeah. the fuck. Why then, when daylight happens, 
does everyone not come back? I don't know. That is a, a fundamental flaw of this film. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, there is a few. I reckon what should have happened is they probably had the idea that everyone vanishes and then they built the law that it's about light. Mm. And they probably, I was saying to my partner, I was like, they should make it so that, that there's a thing in writing called Kill Your Darlings that once you've developed something so far. It's one of the best pieces of advice, pieces of, of advice that Zachary Wayne has ever given me. Fun fact is Kill Your Darlings. Oh, that's, I'm so glad that I, that was me. So it's one of the best Listen things. to the context of this, though, because otherwise Kill Your Darlings sounds a bit fucked. Yeah. So mm. basically the idea is, is as you develop a work, as you develop a piece of writing or, or, or film or whatever, um, often the things that inspired you to create it in the first place uh, become no longer relevant to the work itself. They, they, they no longer fit into the work you've created. And often there's so much value to those scenes, to those mm. moments in mm. the development, and it's okay to let go of them. And you should let go of them. Uh, anyone who's seen Tenet sees what happens if you don't. Mm-hmm. So I think what happened is he had the image of the opening. What happens if everyone goes missing? Lights go out, everyone goes missing. And then he started to develop this idea of the lights and the people go missing and everything. And I thought in that moment he should have dropped the opening and it should have been like this starts happening. Whenever it goes dark, people go missing. And it should have been like seven months later, like just bit by bit by bit. First, people go missing when it goes dark. Then there's not enough people to run the power station. So the powers go out. So then like that we're running on batteries then. And the movie should be set seven, eight, 12, 18 months after this first happens. And it shouldn't have been an instant disappearance, but a Mm. slow. Well, this is something I thought would have been fucking interesting. And I'm going to kind of bring the voice back up a bit because Okay, good for you. You you keep doing what you're you <laughs> no, keep no, doing. I'm coming back. Hey. All right, no, he's I, back. I'm back. Hi. I thought it could have been a really interesting concept. And I mean, keep in mind that I don't write film and this might be shit. You wrote a play. I wrote a play, but that's you could different. You write film if you wanted to. Just Thank believe. You. Thanks, babe. Um so I thought the concept of when it goes dark, people disappear unless you have a light on you. But then when the light comes back on, they come back. And it's the concept of all the things that could have happened while you were disappeared that you need to try and figure out Oh yeah, that's when you fun. come back into the day. And, like, yeah, like all the different things that could have happened. And if you, if you miss out on light, you miss out on that night and you miss out on what could happen that night. And when you come back to life in the day, whatever has happened to you in that, that, that over that night, you just have to accept what's happened, figure it out. You know what I mean? Like people have light on them, someone could kill somebody and it's like, well, who was it? I wasn't there to see it. You know what I mean? Right on. Yeah, 100%. Um, instead of doing this weird like three days stuck in a bar with a flashy light, with excellent music though, the soundtrack of this movie is fucking sick. Yeah, there is a real. song that uh, John, John, I nearly said John Travolta, who I'd love to talk about, by the way, um, one day. Travolta, I'd love to talk about Travolta, Travolta, Travolta. I mean, Travolta Rama works. Travolta Rama. No, it's, it doesn't have a thing. Travolta Rolta. Travolta Rolta. Travolta. The John Trevolution. Trevolution. Help us out if you you, um, you can. Well, while you talk, I'll try and think of something. 
great. John Leguizamo, while he is uh, about to be sucked away by the darkness, uh, requests a song to be played on the jukebox at the bar, and it's Forever by the Marvelettes, and it's a, f- it's a lovely song. And since watching the film, I've listened to it a couple of times, and I think it is lovely, if you are so inclined to enjoy music like that. Listen to it and let me know if you like it. I really liked it. I'm just saying. I love that. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. I also discovered a song called Appetite by a singer named Laurel, and um, it was great. So last, I just want last to say that as well. thing. It has nothing to do with the movie, but it's a great song. Last bit before we give our leg, our leg was armor score. Yeah. What were the movies you that you now are like, oh, I really must watch this? Because for me... Saturday night, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really in the mood for this sort of movie. And then when Mm. I realised it wasn't quite going to give me that hit, I started thinking, do you know what I should watch? Do you know what I should watch? Do you know what I should watch? And I thought that could be a fun little exchange of movies that scratch the high concept Mm -hmm. genre-y thing. What were the movies you were wanting to watch while you watched this film? I was really hoping for like a Jordan Peele type film. Oh, I love that. Like a yeah. like a, sh- a schlocky a schlocky genre film that has yeah. a lot of depth underneath it. Which I would say is high concept horror to a certain degree. Yeah. Like yeah, us definitely is. Um but so I is wanted Get Out, yeah, hugely. Yeah, so is Get Out. One of one of Jordan Peele, like I wanted a Jordan Peele film. I think I've seen most of his horror films, to be honest. But um I really wanted a Jordan Peele horror. Didn't get it though. I got like a weird fan of M. Night Shyamalan. It wasn't even M. Night Shyamalan. It was a fan of. Yeah. Um, although I feel like M. Night Shyamalan could have gone to see this movie and been like, that was all right. Well, yeah. The, isn't The Happening kind of the... I haven't seen The Happening and we're going to watch you, it for this But we podcast. will because John's in it. Yeah. Um, I just, I'm I like, feel- John's been in two movies where like people disappear or some shit like that. Yeah. This had mad Shyamalan vibes. Mm. It had mad... Like I genuinely believe that M. Night Shyamalan would have been like, you're on to something here, man. You know what I mean? Absolutely. What My, about you, Zach? What did you want uh, to be watching? I was really in the mood to watch Dark City. Do you remember Dark City? No. Have you seen? Have you not seen Dark City? Not seen Dark City. Oh man, Dark City's the bee's knees. It's from Alex Proyas, who did The Crow. Have you seen The Crow? Another movie that? Yes, I have I was seen The Crow. The Wasn't someone killed in The Crow? Yeah, the main actor was killed. Yeah, and it was um, it was Lee's son, Brandon Lee. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Lee was a Jet Lee, not Jet Lee. Jet- um, Brandon Lee was the guy that passed yes. away, yeah. But The Crow is a really great little genre film, IMHO. Um, and then the next film he did after that is a film called Dark City, and I can't remember the plot, but it has Rufus Sewell in it as the lead, mm. not as, you know, it's a great example of character actor that mostly gets, you know, but, like, he was the lead and uh, Kiefer Sutherland's in it and um, Jennifer Connelly's in it. Yum. And it's all about a city that's always at n- always nighttime and there's these spooky creatures that come and, like, oh. it's really good and it has a bigger Kinda budget. It sounds like that. Vanishing on 7th Street. Yeah, yeah, well, that's it was a movie I was in the mood for. It's what mm. I was hoping Vanishing on 7th Street would be. Mm. Another movie... Uh, uh, I, I started. Well, I stopped watching this, and I started watching completely different. But I started watching Nightmare, Bef- uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh God, that's good. So I stopped watching this about halfway through, and then went and watched Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. Um, just all the movies I loved as a teenager. This I loved this sort of stuff. Yeah, I want to watch um, The Leftovers, HBO TV show. I never saw. Not seen that. It's about a bunch um, of people going missing, and then the the f- emotions of people after it. My housemate and I are about to start watching a show called The Act, 
on uh, Binge, uh. which is about Gypsy Rose Blanchard. And if you don't know the story, you should look it up. I became addicted to the story, watched all the docos. It's real twisted. Uh, it's very up my street, up me and my housemate's street. We like some of that. We like that shit. Um, what was what? Oh. How many leg, how many Leguistamos would you give this? It's got Rosanna Arquette in it. Oh, it's Hulu. Fuck. Oh, no, it's not. It's on Binge now. No, Hulu's the where, who made it. Binge. Oh yeah. Binge is just um, the Australian streamer. It's just Murdoch. It's just Foxtel getting all the rights to uh-huh. good shit. Well, I've got it. I've got Binge. Does that mean that? Yeah, I'm, I'm but I mean, I'm like, I think we did an interview with Harold Sun to promote your Netflix show. So, oh. you know, we're, 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 our hands are all covered in muck. Aren't they just? What is your Leguistamos for vanishing on 7th Street? You've really taken a Leguistamos. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I'm so sorry. I've completely forgotten who coined the phrase Leguistamos. But full but credit it, to you. Full credit to you. I did not come up with that. It was one of our listeners and bless you. If you are a new listener, and if we haven't explained, this is not a star rating. It's no. a Leguistamo. It's a different yeah. thing. It's Leguistamo's head. It's Leguistamo's head. Yeah. Um, how much do I give it? Fuck, I don't know. He's in it heaps. Four, I'm four Leguistamos. I've got to give it a little more thought. Three and a half Leguistamos because mm. um, uh, it started with him and it should have stuck with him. It should have been his journey. It should have yeah. stayed all the way with him. And then I think he should have died where he died. I love that kind of the character like yeah. a character dying too like early like a Drew Barrymore and Scream kind of deal exactly or like a, a, or a, a Sean Bean in Go- Game of Thrones absolutely or a Sean Bean in Lord of the Rings trilogy or a Sean Bean in um you just wish that legs did a Sean Bean in this film I wish, but I wish it was a bit more like uh, Psycho is another great example. Psycho is a really good example Mm. where it's like 20, 30 minutes. It's all about this character and then they die and then it's actually the ensemble that he meets along the way. That would have been awesome. Like So good. If we'd just stuck with Leguizamo all the way through to him dying, that would have Mm. been great and it would have meant more Leguizamo. So So you give it three and a half? No, I'm dropping it down to... Three Leguizamos because even though he was in it heaps, mm-hmm. I think he should have been in it more. Yeah, I um, it's interesting you say that because uh, I would have given this two Leguizamos because I don't think that they utilized the legs properly. I don't think that his character was that the the, the best thing he did was re- request that song. His character, however, it gains a whole extra Leguistar because of the first five minutes of this film. Oh, okay. The first five minutes of this movie is really good, in my opinion. Yeah, it's solid. It's a really solid start. It makes you excited to watch the film. And because of that, and I I believe that is all legs and all the concept. So it's a mixture of a great concept for a film or potentially great concept for a film. It's set in a cinema, which is always spooky and a bit of fun. And the legs fucking drives it. And that is worth an entire Leguistamo alone. So I give it three Leguistamos too. That's a great score. Do we do we want to read some reviews? Do we want to read a five-star um, review? I think Well, I have if you don't mind, I have something I'd like to read. Is it a not a review? It's not a review. Well, um, how about while I pull up the reviews, you read your thing for sure. sure. Um I put out on Instagram a few days ago, but when you're listening to this it'll be a couple of weeks ago, where um I addressed John Legu- Leguizamo directly. Mm. I was like, "Hey man, 
put up an Instagram post. It was like, hi, John Leguizamo. This is what it said. Hi, John Leguizamo. Which of your movies would you like us to watch next? We really liked Whispers in the Dark and Waco and your Pepsi commercial. Those are all true things. Uh, we got 14 responses, none of which were from John Leguizamo. Okay, John. Okay, John, we get, we get the point. He's still okay? liking our posts, though, isn't he? Sometimes. He's dropped off. But I'm he's not going to lie. Liking. Is there a sense yeah, that maybe around. he had a listen and he got upset? I hope not. <laughs> John, if you're listening. If you're listening, John, we're sorry. We love you. We're just, yeah. we're just spacing out your best films just, just for our mm. own sake. But, um, you know, that, that, that's going to be a great run. Maybe, yeah. yeah, we love you, John. We love you, John. Um, and a lot of people sent in requests for the, uh, the next thing that we should do. Um, and I just wanted to put it out there that we are, we have noted them. Uh, and a lot of people want us to watch The Mandalorian, yeah, which I think could that. be, I mean, it would be very interesting. But because I have never seen a Star Wars film, I know nothing oh, about wow, Star that's Wars. Great. Imagine if yeah. you just watched that episode. That would be really oh, so interesting. Good. To just watch that because I have watched a few of the Mandalorians. Maybe I could catch up, watch all of them, mm. and then you could watch just that one episode, and it would just yeah. be a fascinating thing. It would be very good to see what um, you think about. Also, that could be incredibly no boring. Oh yeah, but so that's going to be a tricky episode to do. But we will do it. A lot of people were requesting the pest. No, we'll um, get there. We'll get there eventually, but no for now. Um, and one that I thought was very interesting that we have clocked, I want everyone to know that Zach and I are aware of everything that John has been in, mm-hmm. but we did. I did personally forget that he did do a couple of episodes of My Name is Earl, and we will eventually watch My Name is Earl because we have to. My Name is Earl is such an interesting little number, isn't it? Like I want to know more. I've never watched an episode. I've never watched I was so excited about it because I loved um, the cast. I loved the lead. What's the lead of My Name is Earl? Wow, it sounds like you really liked them. No, no. I loved stuff he'd been in. I'm having a mental blank on his name, but I'm Googling it because whatever. Jason mm-hmm. Lee, because he was in a lot of... Um, yeah, he was in Mall Rats. That's right. Mm. And I really liked Kevin Smith at the time. So I was like, oh, it's going to be like Mall Rats. And then it <laughs> wasn't. It was like not Mall Rats. And that's not his fault. That's no. my fault for making assumptions that an actor will, will, is indicative of tone. Mm. All right, here's a review. Wow, this is a long review. Shall I read it? Yes, please. Um, I've not read this, so if they say racist things, you know, okay. that's not my fault. Who's it by? Uh, it's by N- Nubo Crumble. Great. And it's five stars. Well, someone gave a four star. Fuck you. Go on, Zach. <laughs> um, just so you know, just, yeah. just so you know, that four star review, Never going to read it. We're never going to read it. Yeah. So if you wanted to convey something to us, if you wanted us to get some information, yeah, there is something in that four-star review that says, um, uh, like, I love this, but, great, but. Yeah. And it's like, I'll never know what that but is. If you wanted no. to convey something to me, yeah. unfortunately, because you made it a four-star review, I'll never read it. I'll never know. Um, if you have a criticism of this podcast, we've said it once, we'll say it again. If you have a criticism of this podcast, if you want to give us negative feedback, the only way we will read it is through a five-star review. Yeah. Or you are welcome to slip into our DMs 
and insult our podcast. Don't put it out on public ratings, mate. But we don't need that. You can tell you, you can, can tell us it's the worst podcast you've ever listened to in your life. You can say, "Hey, you got to stop doing this." You can say, "Too much one pop pasta, and not enough legs." You can say, "Too much legs, not enough one pop pasta." You can give us all this feedback, and we will take it on board if it's in a five star review. Yeah, it's all that fucking clear, matters. I don't know how clear we can make it. In fact, I'm encouraging people to go on and leave us a five star review, and then just shit on our podcast. But at least give us a five-star review. And because i got to say, this four-star review, I, I didn't read it. But if okay. I did read it, and I'm not reading it on, on air, but if I did read it, there would be some... Uh, it, it's, a, it's probably a really well-written, great argument in support of the northern eastern suburbs, which I think I may have criticised at one point in, in this podcast. I don't remember. Did you lose us a star by insulting the northern oh, suburbs? get over it, Heidelberg. <laughs> Get over yourself. You got lots of trees. Go cry into your lovely parklands. Uh, <laughs> I did grow up near so many parklands. And I did cry a lot. Oh, oh, oh. Read anyway, the review, the five-star one. Yeah, so we're not going to read the four-star review. We're not going to take on your criticism. We will... We will make positive change to this podcast if you tell us through a five-star review. 100%. Here's one. No bu- new bow crumble. Brilliant. Inspired. Amazing. W dot dot dot. It, it cut off. This is stupid. Stupid Apple. Okay. Apple is a bad app. So first up, you guys is brilliant. Bit of a reference to Mission's Acts like Guzamarama there. I picked up Thank on you. it. Did Mish? Who knows? Your commitment to the craft of the incomparable legs is outstanding and no one could do it better than two of Australia's finest working comedians. Jesus Christ. The first ever book I finished by myself was the novelization of Mario and Luigi. Yes, the book is just as cooked as the film and I owe it everything of what I am. Having said that. Ooh, criticism. Okay. But that's good. It's in a five-star review. We'll take this on board. Yeah. In the episode where you discussed your careers, the ups and downs of life as actors and the importance of making your own work while also managing to fit in a tangent about the film Stealing Cars. (laughs) You were looking for a pun to do with how your perspective on the film was jaded by the fact you've seen the legs do amazing things. You ended up with Legua Glasses... And the fact you didn't say legua lenses makes me genuinely upset to this very day. In saying that, I did just listen to it this morning. I love you both so much. You bring me much joy and laughter, and we all need that in days like these. Peace, XX. Well, that's great. That is such a great review. That's, and that's fantastic feedback. You're absolutely right. Legua lenses is fantastic. Legua glasses... You know, this is, you see the process with us. We don't edit this podcast no. largely. We might cut out the occasional thing, but we, we, we really don't edit this podcast. So you mm-hmm. see the working process. But to, to Nubo Crumble, Legua Lenses is so much better. It's incredibly we, clever. We take your feedback and I think we will talk about our Legua Lenses in future and how 100%. that affects our viewing of a film. Um, you know, that maybe Waco, that character was in it enough, but the Legua lenses got in the way and made us mm. think he should have been in it more. Yeah. Um, I love that tone. I'm going to take it on board, 
I'm going to take that criticism on board. And why are you taking that criticism on board, Zach? I'll tell you why I'm taking that criticism on board, because it came in the form of a five-star review. That's exactly right. Thank you very much. It was an excellent review. Thank you so much for writing it in. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And to anyone giving us four stars, have fun in your fucking northeast. (laughs) (laughs) It's all play, though. It's all play. We love all of our. We love all of our uh, listeners. Yeah, sure, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you so much for listening. If you've gotten through to the end of this podcast episode on vanishing on 7th street uh congratulations uh yeah follow us on instagram whatever at mission zach uh it's it's a bloody good time (laughs) i don't know i'm really bad at wrapping up the podcast hey uh we both are that's why they run too long all right cool bye When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.